Hello and thank you for joining me. My name's Russell Trapper-Jones and this is Broadcast Focus where we take a, um, a look at the broadcast industry. We look at the people and the technology behind it. And um, today I'm very, very pleased to introduce uh, Polly Hickling. How are you doing, Polly? I'm good, thank you. Thanks for joining me. Now you're with Evident at the moment, um, but you've done a lot of work with uh, Rise, and uh, which is our topic today. Um, for for people who don't know, what how would you describe Rise? So uh, Rise has been around for a number of years now. Um, I first got involved in Rise um, probably about 2018. Mm. Um, so my involvement was from when I worked at Solent. So we had uh, graduates who would leave and then they would join the, the mentoring program. Absolutely amazing mentoring program. Um, and I can safely say definitely kept some of my graduates in the industry. And so then what's the role of, of that mentoring and, and of rise so, in general? So um, men mentors come from across the industry, men and women mentors, um, and they support generally kind of more junior um, people entering entering the industry, um, finding their way, finding their feet um, in their maybe their first role um, or maybe you know looking to move into different roles. Um, yeah, and we've had lots of Solent graduates go through that mentoring scheme and, and had great successes after doing that as well. Mm -hmm. That's great. So, yeah, and, and I think it's it's definitely been very positive to have um, you know, an advocacy group for um, you know, gender equality. And, um, and whilst you're not speaking for RISE today, uh, we both care. And um, they, they came up with a really interesting um, uh, survey that we just really wanted to have a look through um, and talk about because you know, it matters. It's also interesting. And, um, you know, there's some important and new points that have been brought up in that. Um, so are you able to give us a little bit of an intro on what this, uh, the business of diversity is? Well, firstly, I just wanted to say, I think it's really, really important that we have reports like this. So, mm -hmm. um, like, you know, well done to Rise and, and to Coretta um, for, for putting this together, because without having this kind of data, which clearly states the state that we're in, you know, both in diversity, but, you know, in terms of, um, you know, getting people into the industry and, and all these kind of things that we're all talking about, um, without having that data, we, we don't really know if what we think is happening is actually happening. So I was really, really pleased to see this report come out and actually give us some proper data and um, yeah. information from the focus groups but it's all around kind of where we're at with uh, with DEI um, in in the media technology space um, uh, you know and and discusses you know where we're at with comparison to where we think we're at and where we think we should be at um, <laughs> so it, it really nicely frames that um, with with a lot of contribution from from industry to there so yeah, really, really pleased to see this report come out. So we're going to have a look through, um, you know, not everyone's going to read um, a report and that's totally OK. Um, but So I think this is a, just another way of accessing that that information. And, you know, we all need to be um, uh, we, we all need to, I think, really take a bit of um, care and pay, pay some attention to, to how the industry is and not just, you know, getting shows up show on air you know it needs to be a little bit more than that so yeah it's put together between uh, rise and um and coretta research um and so i think one of the important things is really just to cover what di is um 
this is the first time that things have been explicitly about diversity in the wider dimension rather than just gender diversity. Um, be able to say something a bit more about DEI. Yeah, but uh, you know what you just said there. I think that's really important because we've spent a long time talking about um, gender diversity. Obviously, super important, and and as the report will go on to show and we'll discuss, there's there is lots around that. But there are other aspects of um, inclusivity that that certainly coming from the educational background, coming through, seeing the students come through. You know, diversity affects a whole range of different um, aspects of the human beings so um yeah it's nice to see kind of touches on as as it says there you know ethnicities abilities um genders cultures and and life experiences and the importance of having that represented in the workplace and um contributions yeah. from diverse i was talking to rich welsh and uh, I think it was last year for an article, and he's he started talking about neurodiversity within the workplace, which is also the first time I'd really heard that being addressed. And so I guess you know the different abilities of of people um, in terms of you know how they are, um, you know how they are in terms of the mental. It's not really about mental health; it's just different characteristics, isn't it? Really, um, there's no yeah, there's no normal different ways <laughs> um, that people brains work yeah and you know he's he's had a long um history in terms of uh putting companies together which uh, have a lot of software developers and he says you know i need people of all different ways of looking at life and problems to get the results um that his successful companies have have, have done so um so that, uh, this starts with um i mean the first real heading here um, is 12% of media technology vendors, vendor CEOs are women. So this is the first time that it it kind of pits uh, vendors versus um, buyer organizations, which I guess are loosely speaking broadcasters, but obviously it could be anyone um, who I think buyers can be as much as rights holders and streaming only um, companies, perhaps some other uh, companies that come under buyer organizations. Um, and so the this bit here really so women represent 12 percent of media technology vendor ceos and 20 percent of engineers um in buyer organizations it's higher so it's 22 percent and 24 percent of engineers um is that is that a surprise do you think holly um well i it's it's not a surprise because I this is something that we have been talking about for a while. We've we've spent a, quite a while talking about um, you know how many women are there in the C suite. Um, so so it kind of wasn't a surprise, but it's really nice to see it written down um, mm -hmm. for those who it may be a surprise to. Okay. Because um, I think we could we tend to see this when we're. I don't know if it's something we'll go on to talk about, but if you're thinking about putting a panel together and you're thinking yeah. about the people that are making the decisions and, and, and having clear representation of the decision makers, as you and me have both experienced, it's very difficult to find um, females in that kind of category to come and talk about that because they're, as you can see, <laughs> not that many there. <laughs> yeah. Indeed. Yeah. So, um, you know, one of the 
one of the reasons we're talking about this is because we you know we value the report and we we think it's important um but any report also should be able to stand up to scrutiny so i'm going to ask some questions not to push back on it but really just to try and understand um the the context of the numbers so one one question that's in my head is uh buyer organizations so let's buyer organizations are uh let's say just traditionally they're a complete broadcaster they're a complete production house um, of one way or one type or another um so that means they've got people in a lot much wider variety of um what's the word uh, parts of the industry than a typical vendor so it feels like um there's a slight discrepancy with with comparing the numbers because you know if you take some um uh, i think hr as a as an industry is is you know there's a lot more women in the men so if you've got a bio organization which has got an hr department and it's got more women there then i'm not sure if that that tracks in the 30% and then at the at the c level then if you've got a you know head of hr whatever it is then you know you might say well they've got as much of a problem in within hr well of course because you know we're looking for equality and not um you know what one not one way or the other so I, I wonder whether that is is something which makes it slightly easier although the numbers are still low let's not make uh, make any mistakes here and the buyer organizations do you think that that plays into it um or is that just technically that's true but it's in the noise i yeah i think it's i'm not I'm not sure it plays into it that much because yeah. I suppose if you were being picky, you, you could think about the lots of, you know, from small businesses as well. I see it talks about large vendors to small businesses there. Um, yeah. It, you know, that's just a numbers game really, isn't it? I suppose what you're saying is there might be more opportunities because of some of the more traditional <laughs> routes. Um, if you're talking about the, the buyers side of things, but um I don't think it really matters because I, I think the key thing is here that these are very low numbers and yeah. that's not cool, is it? Hundred <laughs> percent agree on that. Yeah, um, yeah. And it, well, it also talks about the size of vendors here. Um, yeah. So uh, um, seems to be a little bit, um, yeah, a little bit better if you're a larger organisation. Yeah, and and you know that part of that might be due with with uh, being able to fund programs that larger organizations tend to have DEI programs as part of them as well so you know there might be more people pay attention to, to these types of things um, yes. more opportunity for that so there's you know probably a whole number of reasons that that's a bit more accessible in a larger company yeah so this shows the disparity really doesn't it um and yeah I mean I'm not sure that we there's as much to be um to gained in trying to guess you know why these numbers are particularly different um but um, you know, as you say, it's, it's as important to get it down on paper, and hopefully, we'll see some differences in the next um, two or three years. Um, yeah, we can actually track those changes. No, but who I, knows? I think that key number there, and that what we all need to really think about is mm -hmm. that look at that CEO number. Like that's that's mm -hmm. really really low. Um, and obviously, that you know, you're talking about less roles available at that point, um, sure. but to only be. 12%. That's yeah, indeed. And, and I looked, um, I can't remember what the numbers were, I'm sorry, but I, I did look at, at general CEO numbers across industry rather than, um, this is obviously about the media industry. Um, yeah. 
and it isn't very much different actually from the buyers if i recall correctly certainly for europe and, and america okay. um you know it just it is about 20 to 30 percent um of uh, of female ceos um so you know um not only does that show <laughs> that um, it's far too low um but you know, to then not even achieve that then um there's, there's clearly something going on yeah um yeah and then i guess this this is kind of what i was talking about uh with the split um but yeah and yeah. so your point is that you know vendors and, and buyers both have marketing organizations but if you were to think that perhaps i don't know if this is true right but if you say perhaps there are more women in um in in post-production then a fully fledged broadcaster with the post-production department perhaps has a has an edge over um over a vendor that's you know, ultra niche and unfortunately that niche is traditionally underserved but you know it is what it is i guess yeah yeah and i mean i, mean, I don't know about necessarily your example there of post-production but i think if we're certainly talking about some of our uh technical companies that, that we work with um and looking looking at that kind of engineering figure if we're talking about mm. you know r d mm. and things like that we we we've definitely seen that as um low numbers yeah absolutely yeah and you know this is the you know the engineering world is where i've always been in and so you know i see well i'm almost surprised at 20 percent, to be honest <laughs> um <laughs> yeah. and you know it's just that's 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 the way it is and that's why we're trying to um look at ways of changing that i wish um, we had a report from a few years ago actually so we could kind of compare see if we've actually improved yeah. if that 20 percent is an improvement of, of where we were at um i i don't know i'd just be guessing yeah yeah well you've got to start now the best time to plant a tree was 20 years ago so it's yeah. Same, same <laughs> yeah. deal, well it? certainly a conversation i've been having for a long time but never mind <laughs> <laughs> so this is this is interesting because this goes a little bit further down um in terms of you know, talking about the progression um for women so you know it seems um uh, this is you know this is one of those aspects where i think um this is shedding light and talking about something which is less obvious um absolutely we want diversity um and then i think we've we've had a history of as a as a as a country at least uh i seem to remember 10 20 years ago it became big thing to talk about pay gaps and then there was legislation brought in so you know people know that there are also differences between you know, uh, men being promoted and women and, and the pay but i guess this is the first time i've heard of it talked about within the broadcast sphere and actually tracking how it seems that people are able to advance within their careers which of course should be equal as well yeah i mean again this is something i'm really pleased to see actually written down because um anecdotally i've heard many stories over many years about that uh that route to promote promotion um yeah. and the the experiences behind uh not just the promotion but the pay gap um the opportunities that are presented um yeah the, and this is definitely that's very much still a problem yeah so good to see that written down yeah indeed um so um yeah i thought this is an interesting way of looking at it as well about you know seeing who's managing teams um and looking at the team size and and the you know the authority that they have in terms of the <clears throat> hierarchy um in some ways you know the numbers 
are kind of high, but you know, there's there's too much of a disparity. Um, how how anybody can have two hundred and fifty to a thousand people under them is <laughs> that's horrible. Feels like it. I mean, it, to be fair, it's not what I wouldn't want. Oh no, thank you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, not as direct reports, surely. No, no, no. Um, but maybe that's that's it's not broken down um, beyond what these kind of roles are as well. Because lo lots of people, are, yeah. you know, a team leader is that does that count a team leader role in in that sense? Um, I suppose it depends on the company again, doesn't it? And how that's kind of broken down. Yeah, I guess so. I, I would imagine this is, you know, if you have any line management responsibility, yeah. that was probably what it means. Um, but so, yeah, I mean, it is also interesting though, from a, you know, from a, just a general um, enterprise view, just to see what the breakdown of um, of team numbers is. And you know, yeah. one to 10 is, is generally nowadays seen as a good sized team. I can see reasons to have larger teams, but um, uh, you know, there's there's a lot of stuff that says smaller is better. Um, so uh, I just think that's an interesting topic in itself. Um, yeah. The um, next heading is about diversity not being a priority, which is um, it's one of those things which I'm kind of splits because I think. Well, obviously, it, it must be true. <laughs> there must be plenty of companies for which diversity isn't a priority. But the fact that Rise um, has become a very important part of our of our industry over the last I don't know how many years, but let's say seven or eight years, um, you know, shows that there there is a lot of interest. Um, but perhaps that's just in you know the larger companies. I don't know if you I don't know if you've got a view from from having worked with with Rise uh, on how that. Yeah, on on the interactions with the companies that are large. I think it's a, it, you know, it's definitely a recognised um, area, and there are definitely a lot of companies who have people employed to to tackle this problem, which is absolutely fantastic. <clears throat> I think the worrying thing that we've seen, certainly in the last couple of years, you know, um, we, 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 there's a lot of there's been a lot of redundancies of late has there not with you know, partly to do with rider strikes and, and things like mm -hmm. that and still some kind of covid um issues coming through the pipeline we have seen some of those roles then be taken away because you know <clears throat> costing issues so i think right. we're in a really kind of pivotal point where people know it's important and it is a priority but like other things they're thinking can I actually have a sole person dedicated to this issue? And some companies are making a decision to not do that, which I think is a massive shame uh, and a, a hugely missed opportunity. Look, I think it says it there, doesn't it? Look, when you've got people whose sole purpose is to wake up every day thinking about how to diversify the talent pool, you find a different solution to that problem. You know, that it, that is absolutely the, the key yep. thing. On the flip side of that, we as an industry are now competing with these, particularly with the way that we're kind of delivering content and things like that. We are competing with big tech companies. Um, those big tech companies do have the ability to offer graduates, you know, seemingly better opportunities at points. So, you know, I think as an industry, it's something that we need to really be thinking about, despite the fact that we might be having uh 
cash flow issues at points. <laughs> um, yeah. That doesn't mean we should just get rid of that as a as a priority. It just means we need to adapt it and work around it. So I think there's two aspects there. One is hiring someone specifically, um, or at least with 50% of their role, to be um, actively um, making your company <clears throat> the right shape um, and the right culture. Um, the But the other is really just whether it's part of the decision-making process on, on hiring, which doesn't necessarily require someone else. Um, and it, it reminds me a lot of the environmental sustainability question. Yeah, that's what, so exactly it, what I was getting at. <laughs> yeah, it's only it's only now. I think it's just about happening when when larger companies with net zero targets are having to make that an actual thing that they you know becomes a deal breaker. Um, that um, that anything really is happening because otherwise you just say yeah we do this we do that. You know, and at worst, it's five percent of the overall rating of the RFP or whatever it is. Um, so, um, you know, so you can't say that sustainability is a priority and then not kind of do anything about it, really, apart from just encouraging. So, um, you know, I think that's the that's the question here, and obviously, the, it's it's a harder question to answer um, because things like you know quotas and and affirmative action and stuff like that is. Um, is controversial because there's no good answer uh, one way or another. Um, but if you're not going to even think about it, you know, and just yeah. hope that um, hope that it goes right, then it's not going to go right. Yeah, and I, it certainly feels like there's a there's less of that, you know, <clears throat> now. But I think this this last paragraph is really really key here. Um, resource required to find diverse talent is often not prioritized so you know that's where your priority angle is coming in isn't it mm -hmm. and there's this perception that trying to find um a more diverse pool of people not only is it hard work um but that that those people might be less qualified so it's still seen as a box ticking kind of exercise which which is what i think is a problem because it doesn't have to be like that um mm -hmm. but yeah, yeah. In interesting comment there i think yeah it is it is difficult absolutely um uh yeah it i know firsthand how difficult it is not only just to find talent but to to make sure that you're being as diverse as possible uh, with filling the funnel um because you can you can you can be as equal as you want when you're making the decisions um in in the hiring room but uh you know if your funnels <laughs> just men then um doesn't really matter does it um so um next uh this this topic really is about um you know touches on 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 both uh men versus women so to speak and but also other aspects of diversity so specifically lgbt plus um as is mentioned here and i think it's it seems about right to me um you know from my personal viewpoint that you know, i don't find that there's a, i've never worked in places where it's got a lot of discrimination um but i know it happens and therefore not surprised to see that you know, we're not dead on neutral in terms of uh women or, or strongly disagree um but it's it's it's, it's worrying that the lgbt plus is so much higher i guess is is the concern I, and again perhaps thinking back yeah i'm not i'm not so surprised because i don't think 
in general as a culture we really onboarded as across the board um you know, these these ideas um whereas you know we've been talking about the gender gap for a long time do you, do you think that's partly it you know just the familiarity with the topic Absolutely. I think we're behind um, and we need to do better. Definitely. Um, and, and again, you know, I've seen this firsthand from from the kind of student perspective. Um, you know, it's always lovely to see a diverse range of students and that that seemed to improve as well as mm -hmm. I went through um, working, particularly at Solent. Um, but then when it comes to actually entering the industry, again, that that's not necessarily a, 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 an easy process. Um, and it's not talked about as much as the kind of straightforward gender, you know, we widely we've talked about gender pay gap and things for, for a very long time. But mm -hmm. I don't think we talk about um how welcoming our industry is and, and I do think that the work is being done in this um, you know certainly at Simpty we are absolutely trying to make a big difference in at Simpty UK to be really welcoming to anybody who wants to come to our meetings and it's it, it should feel like a safe place to come and explore and learn and, and gain knowledge um, but yeah bearing in mind the anecdotal comments I've still he heard from women about how comfortable they feel in the workplace um, and I think we'll probably go on to talk about it in a minute, but things like trade shows. Um, yeah. This this is not a surprise to me, sadly. Yeah. But I, that means more work needed. <laughs> yeah, I, I was thinking about this, actually. This this comment here, most of the time someone will say something which in the moment is a throwaway comment, but afterwards you think to yourself that was really inappropriate. Um, that reminds me, um, oh, I was just thinking about the way that um, people explain it's not always technology, but sometimes is, and they they say, well, you know, something like it. Well, it's hardly. I want something that my grand will be able to use, and you know, I think that's defensible from the point of view of you know, people who are eighty to ninety years old do struggle with late technology. But I think there's something about it where it's always the grand, and then sometimes it's the mum, and um, that 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 strikes me as exactly that type of throwaway comment. Which yeah. shows that even if the person actually, you know, we, we all hold these kind of this baggage of our culture, even if the person is is um, is totally you know, behind uh, equality, they're still using these these phrases and they don't perhaps even haven't thought about it. Um, yeah. It just adds to an atmosphere where, where somebody coming in you know, is, doesn't feel as, as welcome. Yeah, I think there's definitely still a lot of disparity around the, the language that is used, and, and and often, like it says, it's it's not it's not meant in a harmful uh, way, but yeah. but it's it, it it's it's a it's a cultural thing. It's it's, and I think it's interesting because obviously when you're looking at the students, it's, come, it's so mm -hmm. different in in maybe the last even ten years, um, the kind of language that we use, and uh, you know I've discuss stories with the students from from when I started and mm -hmm. <laughs> they're sort of horrified um but but to be honest that's great because that mm -hmm. means they would never even think of saying stuff like that so you know yeah. progress will be made um the important thing is that people are willing to listen and and say 
you know, own up to their their, their comments maybe not being appropriate um, and learn from that. It's all about the learning, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And here's, here's the, um, the trade show um, mention. So oh, yeah. there we go. Yeah. Um, lack of diversity in the industry with an average of 26% of female speakers at the at trade shows um, yeah. across the 10 largest industry events. I wonder what those are. Um, not sure I can name all of those 10, but um, yeah, it's, you know, and from my experience putting on, um, put on a panel at IBC, I, I was actually very encouraged that um, by when people realized that you know, I was trying to put um, uh, put on a panel and I was making it diverse, um, there was a lot of people really trying very hard to make sure that they were you know, putting me in contact with people I didn't know, um, say, oh, such and such might be able to speak. Um, let's try try her. And, um, you know, it came, <laughs> it's almost, it's almost easier because everybody's trying really hard and it's like, oh, speak to them and they, they speak to someone else. And then, you know, made it happen. And, yeah. um, and that was really, that was very <clears throat> positive. And so for me, that my takeaway is that there's a lot of interest um in making sure that there's a there's a proper representation um but it does take a bit of work um and it takes thought as well which okay sometimes is is more difficult yeah and i think you've hit the nail on the head there with that where um there's this so richard had a mic drop moment when he accepted his ally award at the rise awards um last week if that's mm -hmm. what it was um where he said <clears throat> you know action needs to be taken on this i challenge everybody male to mm. not accept being on a panel unless there is a diverse range of people speaking on it and yeah. and yeah it seems a bit extreme when we come we come in and we say no we're going to be really hardball on this and say no i don't accept it and uh, and a lot of the time that really gets people's backs up because they think that you know we're forcing um, a solution here but in some ways actually like you said it it just it does take a bit of extra work but that's because um a lot of the time people have go-to people that they speak to we're all guilty of it you know so and so and you know that they're able to talk about that topic just hit them up that job done um, yeah. but actually there is probably more people out there who who can talk about that topic and from different angles so let's just kind of create a bit more of a community yeah. where we seek out people from different places to talk about things yeah indeed yes and you know and i found that um for uh for the panel i was putting together um you know it was it was actually a lot better for it and um and and, and i i think that yeah it takes a bit of takes a bit of courage to say no to a speaking engagement because a lot of people like like to do them um and you know say so, well <laughs> why doesn't he say no <laughs> should i say no but um you know th i think that's really good and so I'm, I'm pleased um that he said that um and um i think that the um i think that the ibc has been trying hard to push but they're not mandating it but yeah i think that that's probably you know it feels to them a little bit a bit too much i guess yeah, it's, it is a big step to mandate something and tell people that this is what you have to do. Um, Particularly when there's only 20%. <laughs> yeah, I and mean, that's, why I, that's why I brought that up real. at the start. 
um, yeah. because that does directly link but, to it. Um, and you've also got that aspect when you're talking about kind of speakers that not everybody is comfortable speaking. And there is, yes. you know, a, in one of the previous um, RISE reports, there was there's a whole section on, on imposter syndrome. And that has plays a huge part in whether someone feels confident in speaking about yeah. the thing that they are definitely qualified and you know the expert in that topic they might still not believe that and feel comfortable with talking about it so i think much more support around that is probably needed as well yeah and that's if they even get to go to the trade show of course so you know you've got to get through the yeah. selection process and whether you've there been... was yeah there was uh definitely anecdotes i heard about people not that more than i've heard before as well about people not yeah. being able to go to ibc this year and again, that that was budget cuts. It is, yeah. But but who did, gets cut did, first? Did seem to be a lot of women that were, you know, unable to come along, which is which is a shame. Yeah, and that plays into the other issue that we talked about. You know, if you're going to promote men ahead of women, um, then you say, well, we've got to send the senior people, which logically does have some merit. Then you know, you're automatically again, you know, self-selecting or selecting against taking women so um yeah it's a bit of a nightmare really um of so many layers um you know playing and you know, interpolating together um so yeah i mean but the but the issue is um the more unwelcoming the the trade shows are then you know the less likely you want to you are to want to go <clears throat> but um, it's always self-fulfilling though isn't it if we're not seeing yeah. the the women being able to attend and there is definitely something in that you know rise did a, a great thing the other day where the the men the mentees were allowed to attend um dpp leaders briefing mm, yeah. uh, fantastic opportunity for them to be able to go and hear from the mouths of the people the leaders making the decisions yeah. um what's going to be in reality filtered down to them as junior staff um, mm -hmm. So we we need to see um, diverse points in career represented at these trade shows as well. That's another aspect of it. Yeah, um, yeah, and th this was um, this was surprising to me. Uh, I would say these these stats, um, and you know, <laughs> I guess, guess it's not a surprise that, that Rise launched um, their program. This name I can't remember. Hopefully, you can um to, drive to rise uh yeah where the, yeah. you get picked you get picked up oh the taxi the taxi one and then yeah you know, yeah general kits i mean you know, it, so just explain what that is just to be clear so so the the taxi thing at rise was that um they uh i can't remember who sponsored it so apologies but it was it was sponsored by industry um and it provided taxis um to transport uh women from events uh, back to wherever they needed to go so um, events had uh, transport for people absolutely mm -hmm. fantastic because I have to say as a woman that is the time that you do not feel safe and and it's mm -hmm. frustrating because um, I just still don't think men no offense Russell uh, can understand this dread when you know you're going to leave any event mm -hmm. um, and you yeah. know you're going to have to walk through wherever it is on your own potentially in the dark and if you're not going to walk on your own, you've got kind of, you know, generally got to gather a group of drunk people to be like, I've right, got to leave now. <laughs> it's just it's an added stress that is just okay. really yeah. annoying. <laughs> so I was so happy to see that initiative um, at IBC this year. Really, really amazing. That's really good. I, You know, but 
and I feel like you know I feel fr most frustrated about these numbers. Like one in six have been harassed, one in seven don't, don't feel safe. And even if we even if we uh, eliminate the kind of the evening stuff and only at the trade show, if it's still one in seven, I mean it just sounds it, it sounds way too many. Um, and so, but they these all seem almost as if they're they should be more achievable to, and so quicker to change um, because we know that when we're talking about the demographics in the industry, we know that that's like inextricably you know, linked to um, education and that starts at the age of however, however wherever we want to count it at four or five, um, you know, but this is just, you know, people being um, adults um, and, and perhaps failing to do so, you know, it just, it feels, um, it feels as if we can, we should be able to change uh, these numbers quicker than we can change the overall percentages of um of equality and uh, and diversity but perhaps i'm yeah. perhaps, uh, perhaps i'm being naive there no ever the optimist russell i like that but it, these are i didn't have to do it right <laughs> <laughs> no. But, you know, no but there it, are it, you know there it, are things this being harassed unacceptable like we should not be having one in six people still being harassed um, yeah I, I, it's something that companies companies are against harassment in yeah. general right? at the moment. So the worst thing is, you know, I'm I'm sure that I'm sure that most companies would take some sort of action, but obviously there will be the other examples where you know then they're not even so the, the company then becomes complicit, which is which is awful. Um, but um, but you know it, it's it's just, it's the it's the problem of of even being able to explain what's what's happened and whether you think the harassment was enough you know you could feel harassed exactly but it, it, it's going to be on that threshold isn't it yeah and I, and I do think there's a bit strong case for education around what is harassment <clears throat> which i you know i don't think we should be having to do because i feel like it is common sense but certainly the cases and unfortunately i have heard of several and in recent times of women who have been harassed in the workplace these these are it seems to always be around people going oh well i didn't really think that that was a problem i didn't yeah. i thought it was okay to be like that you know so clearly there's an issue there around what we yep. what people think is okay so i think that should be fairly that should just be dealt with <laughs> I like that. Sorry. <laughs> just deal with that. <laughs> no, that, that's that. No, I think we we do agree. Um, and uh, you know, but this is this 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 comes to this point really. You know, people care, but don't know what to do. Um, yeah. And um, it, you know, you can feel a little bit isolated. And so, well, yeah, I'm sitting here. I'd like to hire some you know diverse crowd. I'd like to have a diverse team. I agree with all of this. Um, and then you either think, right, well, this is perhaps not in line with what I'm actually being asked to do. This is it getting in the way of me achieving, you know, my my productivity at work, you know, my my goals or whatever the KPIs are? Um, I guess that's part of part of the problem. Well, yeah. Well, that goes back to that point that I made originally about you hmm. know if you if you aren't a company that's able to have someone in place to help with this and and it is all on you and you're not quite sure how to implement it then yeah i i can see how it does become an issue implementing so, these things so when i read through this first time i thought well what's nice about this report is it's not 
just doom and gloom and complaining um it's first of all it doesn't complain it just states the facts but yeah. you know it isn't you know just a bad news read um you know this is i mean these are good numbers right um yeah. i think to yeah. think that you know most pretty much most people um agree with having the diversity would be a good idea um <clears throat> They, in one way or another, think it's relevant. Uh, you know, these. This is encouraging to feel that we've got some sort of, um, of uh, will. Backing, uh, yeah, there's, yeah, there's a you know, there's a body, there's a consensus. Um, but, you know, but then you know, how do we focus that? And that's one. Of, I guess that's been one of the best things about the rise in general. At least it's been the first thing that you can say. Well, at least I can focus my energy and my my opinions towards rise and help promote that and even if it's an indirect um, yeah. benefit yeah and and things like putting your um staff through through the mentorship program for example um or supporting rise and being part of you know strive to rise and things like that there's plenty of opportunity to be to be involved for those who consider themselves not sure what to do um yeah but you know it, and these numbers are great so i'm not like detracting from that as sure. the rest of the report shows, there is still a lot of work to do. So we of definitely course. need to be more than just kind of dipping our toes in. Um, yeah, to, I wouldn't to want to be trying. I wouldn't want to be trying to do all of that and only having twenty percent of people who think it's a good idea. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, I like this uh, question here. Um, what is diverse enough? And that really comes down to the that that just reinforces the the problem that this is not a you know yes or no situation this is no, this will always be argued over um you know w whether you should be mimicking the population percentages or this that, and the other um but you know we're not even close enough to 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 decide if we've gone too far or not at this point well i mean i think there's some fundamental issues a lot of it comes through education obviously that's my background so i probably mm. would say that but i think you know the the, the filtering <clears throat> into the industry is a problem um but uh also you know it's fundamentally it's about it should be welcoming anybody who wants to come and join should be able to come and join yeah. but the flip side of that is will they want to come and join if they can't see themselves there so you know yeah and then um then it's all very easy uh, the illusion of diversity is a great title, I think, um, which just talks about well, if you've achieved something as a company, which is above um, perhaps you know most companies, then you know you start to feel perhaps oh yeah we're doing a pretty good job. Or if you're only looking at you know, diversity of male female, then you know you're forgetting or not even starting to think about the you know, LGBTQ plus populations and all the other types of um diversity of age and ethnicity kind of an accident i think it's most of this i think is unintentional but it's kind of this accidental oh, idea. Yeah. If you accidentally greenwash your company you know it's like oh yeah we recycle all our paper um, yeah, yeah. Know, there's a bit more yeah. to do yeah well you know as i said the, the report shows that there's there is still a long way to go here um and and, the, yeah. and and it's nice that the will is there i mean 85 percent is a lot different to um so 85 percent of people thinking their company is diverse and yet Compared overall 20%. it's like 20 percent um, yeah. of actual you know so even, there must be there must have to perhaps there's a couple of outliers that are extremely um 
you know, are actually diverse. I don't know, but um, it seems unlikely, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And then this is the other aspect of the positivity. Um, although we haven't got to being diverse, um, you know, it shows that actually high, more diverse companies do better uh, in terms of revenue per employee. Um, and, you know, I assume this is true. It's one of these things that sounds true and sounds obvious, but, you know, sometimes you find out that correlation um, is there, but the causation isn't. But, you know, if you have a more diverse company, then people are happier to be around. And generally, if you've got someone who's been there for three to 10 years, they're going to be more useful than someone who's only been there for one or two years. So if you're churning, then that's not going to be a good thing. Yeah, I think there's quite a few aspects that are going to kind of lead into this um, reporting higher revenue, aren't they? Like you say, it's going to be people hanging around, people being happy. Um, but there's also going to be that different angles, different points of views, different um, ways of thinking that are going to lead directly into uh, different delivery, which yeah. often is going to give you that that higher revenue as well. Um, so, yeah, I think there's many aspects which which, again, just shows, you know, the reason why it's important. So to do it. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, um, yeah. So I think you know we we we've we've covered this in 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 some ways already. It's like the lack of progress is there, and now we've written it down. Um, and the you know the important thing is that um, I think whenever you can write a business case behind something, then it's a lot easier to convince a board to go for it. And I'm not saying that cynically, you know, businesses are there to make money. So if we can use information like this um, to help, you know, point out that there is a benefit to having uh, more diversity, <clears throat> then um, although it's a longer term look, um, you'd hope that it would be easier to uh, make the, the case internally. And of course, then if you do succeed, then you know, pretty much you should, uh, you should succeed um, in realizing some of these um these benefits um so i think that, that that kind of brings us to the end um so it was interesting to see the um methodology um there was equality in terms of um, male versus female respondents across the world um and it just goes into some of the um uh yeah some some of the things we won't go over that now um this um i'll put in the description how to get hold of this report but um, from from Rise, you can um, you can download this. Um, so, you know, from your perspective, then Polly, just to just finish off, um, you see this is the, the beginning of um, of tracking the next two, three, four years of, of success. Yeah, I'd love I you know I love this report. I'd love to see it again to see what progress we can make. Um, see these changes in numbers. Um, I think part of achieving those changes in numbers is actually thinking about staff as people. So, you know, that I, I really feel like there needs to be more investment in our people. Um, and just to go back to some of those points, you know, you're talking about if we were to look at neurodiversity, for example, um, you know, I was recently went through an assessment for ADHD myself um and had ADHD confirmed and the part of that process because I did it through work was actually looking specifically at my strengths mm. and it was an amazing process to go through because suddenly all the things that I had struggled with made sense 
really struggle with exams, have really bad short-term memory. Totally makes sense. Really excellent at ideas because that's how my brain works. So I think kind of thinking about the people that we're employing and playing to everybody's strengths um, is yeah. going to be a really, really key part of, of getting people into our industry and then keeping them there. Because don't forget a lot of these numbers when we're seeing drop-offs, um, we're talking about people getting getting to the sea level. Um, if people have left before they've had that opportunity to have a full career, that's another reason why they're not going to get get to, to that point. So um, I'm rambling now, but... You're not rambling. <laughs> I... You're not rambling. I think um, um, what we don't want is people... I mean, the worst... Uh, yeah, my, my simplistic mind, I think, well, if somebody um, doesn't want to be in a company <clears throat> then they'll go to another company but in my mind that just means they go to another broadcaster or vendor um <clears throat> but obviously no they'll go to an industry which is more welcoming and, and better aligned um literally <clears throat> whilst we've been having this conversation i can see a message from my phone from someone going i thought about what you said about maybe not leaving the industry and i'm now thinking about some other ways that maybe i can stay so these conversations they're happening all the time so we need to pay more attention to whether our staff want to not just stay at our company, they want to yep. stay in this industry. Yep, 100%, 100%. Thank you, Polly. Um, Thank really you. enjoyed um, talking um, about this with you and um, look forward to conversations in the future. Um, just last thing to say is that um, hoping that you will take pity on this um, new a uh, uh, new broadcast focus channel and uh, give it a subscribe because that's the only way we're going to uh, get any of this um, talked about and, and raised um, through this forum. Um, it's easy, it's free to do, so um, do me a favour and that'll be fantastic. Thank you again, Polly, and I look forward to seeing you again. Bye.